You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Well, hello, St. John's and friends. Welcome back to the Alter Echo Sermon Podcast. This is your scripture and message for Sunday, June 26th of 2021. It has been a series of hot, hot days here in Minnesota in the sun. So I hope this message finds you well wherever you are and in a place of, um, of peace and joy and receptivity to the Spirit. Because today we continue in our three-week mini-series, so to speak, um, about the Spirit of Love. Last week we heard Pastor Andy's message about the Spirit of Love, loving God, And this week we continue to um, think about the spirit of love, but today, this time, loving your neighbor. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can open those up and read along with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. And as for tongues, they will cease. And as for knowledge, it comes to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. And the greatest of these is love. So friends, I wonder how many of you hearing that scripture today instantly defaulted to thinking about romantic love. Because you've heard this once or twice or way more times than that at a wedding. Speaking of which, congratulations to Pastor Andy's daughter, Siri, and her fiancé, Jake, um, on their on their wedding this weekend, this Saturday, June 25th, um, and congrats to their both of their families on this wonderful occasion. But back to our scripture. Contrary to popular belief, this passage of scripture is not primarily about romantic love, though it certainly does apply still to romantic love. But if we only think about these words in relation, in relation to romantic love, we are thinking of it from only one way, or only in part, as the text told us. 
But if we can try to back up for a moment or rise above or see the bigger picture of what Paul is writing about here when it comes to a love in faith, we might actually hear a new message from God today about what love of neighbor looks like and what the love of neighbor can mean for us as people of Christian faith in practice. Because when we step back or rise above and look at the bigger picture of our lives and of the world on an even bigger scale, as people of faith, we see that Jesus calls us to not only love one person, a romantic partner, should you happen to have one, but Jesus actually calls us to love neighbors of all kinds, just with a different kind of love, more of a community-based brothers and sisters type of love. So take a minute and think about all of the connections and arenas in your life. All of the ways that you might encounter someone considered a neighbor. It might be your spouse or your parents, your children, whom one day you want to snuggle and the next strangle, sometimes both in the same day. It could be your actual physical next door neighbor. <laughs> or... Your neighbor could be an irritating coworker who you simply tolerate despite your best effort. Your neighbor could be a family member that you'd prefer to avoid. Neighbors can be your best friends. Or neighbors can be people from other backgrounds, other cultures, other religions even, who live all around the world or right down the street, whom you might never actually meet in this lifetime. A neighbor in faith is all of these people and more. And when we think about all of those different, unique people that you and I are called to love, we know that love is complex, right? Going back to our reading in 1 Corinthians 13, we see that love is not just described in one way, is with one sort of synonym, so to speak. Love is described in 16 different ways or 16 different facets because love is more than just one thing. Now, it could be my misunderstanding or my assumption, but it seems that in the Christian church throughout history, we have made love small by accident and probably well-intentioned, but we have made love small. We have sequestered a love of neighbor into one of two things either service to our neighbor and usually a charitable form of service or into kindness as in politeness or courtesy, but nothing that goes really very deep. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as people of faith, it is our job to not only love in service and love in kindness, but to love our neighbor and our neighbors in a bigger, richer, fuller way that sees and honors the entire personhood of our neighbor because each and every neighbor is created in the image of God. Let me say that one more time. As people of faith, it is our job to not only love our neighbor in service and in kindness, but also to love our neighbor in a bigger, richer, fuller way that sees and honors the entire personhood of our neighbor because each and every neighbor is created in the image of God. That sounds like a big job. 
it's about to get a bit more complicated. If we are going to practice loving our neighbor, not just serving them or being kind to them, especially in a Minnesota nice way, then it is absolutely necessary that we aim to understand that person. For example, or that group of people. For example, I once heard a story, I think I heard this story when I was in seminary about a wonderful congregation, just a lovely church who really, really wanted to begin a new relationship with a global partner. And through, you know, their synod or uh, international mission organization of some kind, they got paired up with a very remote village somewhere in Tanzania. Not an uncommon story, but this well-meaning <laughs> uh, American congregation decided that they were going to get to know their neighbors and understand what their needs were so that they could do something to love and serve their neighbor. So far, so good. Well, through the process, they figured out that um, sustainable nutrition was an issue for this remote village and the people who lived there. And so they decided um, that having many skilled food service workers in their church, they were going to raise the money to install a state-of-the-art kitchen in this remote village in Tanzania. You might be able to see where the problem is going to come in already. Well, they raised all the money and they got their whole church really excited about this mission project and, sh and paid even to ship all of this state-of-the-art kitchen equipment over to Tanzania and transported it way out to the remote village and got everything set up, had a mission trip where they had, they had all their people install everything and it looked amazing, ready to go. Like this was gonna be such a blessing to this community in Tanzania. Well, once they had gotten it all finished, um, one of the elders in the village came up, who spoke some English, came up to the pastor of their congregation and said, thank you so much for this wonderful and generous gift. We don't have electricity. We have no way to use any of these appliances. Turns out that if these wonderful, well-meaning church people had taken a moment to run the whole plan by the recipients of this generous gift, they might have realized there were a couple more things they needed to understand in order to really love and serve their neighbors. This can happen, as we know, not only on an international global mission scale, but even in interpersonal relationships with people who share a similar or even the same cultural background as we do. Because as human people, each of us defaults to see only part of the picture, like 1 Corinthians told us. We see in a mirror dimly, only in part, but as we grow and mature, not only in faith, but in wisdom, we see that there are always two sides to every story, yours and another's. And when love comes in, a love of neighbor that actually seeks understanding, instead of just presumption, even with well intentions, 
love of neighbor draws us out beyond our own perspective to respect that another side or multiple other sides of the story are not only theoretically possible, but valid, even true. The complicated thing, of course, is that having another true side to the story does not mean that your story or your partial picture of what's happening is not also true. Both stories, multiple stories can be true and exist together, even when they do not agree. How many of us, in our attempt to love someone in our real lives, has either been tempted to say or has actually said, upon learning new information or a new side to a story, well, that can't possibly be true because it's not my experience. Or, well, that can't possibly be right. Or, I've never experienced that, so that just can't be. Love, on the other hand, beckons us to take a beat. And instead, because love is not arrogant and love does not insist on its own way, as we heard, to practice that love is patient and say something like, I didn't think about it that way before. Thank you for showing me how this is for you. Or, I didn't understand it like that but it sounds really hard for you. And because I care about you, I want to understand more. Understanding, I think, is really the crux of faith, or at least the pursuit of understanding. Because two things that never came out of Jesus' mouth in the whole Bible are, I know exactly how you feel, and I understand exactly what you're going through. Jesus never said those things. And we might do well to follow suit in our attempt to love our real neighbors who actually exist. Because how often in regular life and conversations do we listen to respond rather than listen to understand? Have you ever found yourself in a conversation with the other person and before that other person even finishes speaking, you are already coming up with your next comment or question rather than listening to the fullness of their, their truth and their story and responding to understand them first and foremost. I wanna flip this on its head just a bit to really impress upon us just what love can look like. We're going to hear the opposite of what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, just to see how it feels. Love is impatient. Love is hostile. Love is not generous or modest or humble or polite. Love always insists on its own way. It is seldom easygoing or content. Love celebrates wrongdoing and rejoices in deceit. It bears nothing Love doubt, doubts everything. Love fears all things and gives up easily. Love is always temporary. How does that sound to you? 
how does that hit you right in the chest and sit upon your heart? Is that a little heavy? In faith, love insists that being right is never more important than the relationships we have. So what if we used the real 1 Corinthians 13 as a vision for a love of neighbor that goes beyond who is more right and toward instead the kind of relationships and ways of being in the whole world that are based on a growing mutual understanding. Now, of course, none of us can ever do this flawlessly on our own. (laughs) I, at least, cannot help but hear these attributes in 1 Corinthians 13 and instantly be reminded that I have a long way to go. But thanks be to God that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ not only a model for how to love our neighbor, but also one who encourages us to keep practicing understanding for a love of neighbor, even when we get it wrong. So friends, let us do the complicated work, but the worthwhile and deeply meaningful work of understanding one another and of neighbors of all sorts and shapes and sizes all around the world so that we can follow Jesus in what he calls the two greatest commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Thanks be to God for this good news today. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.